We're continuing our series reality check through the book of James. The last few weeks, and first of all, thank you, Michael, for last week. What a great job Michael did. If you didn't hear uh, the talk, you can go online. I really encourage you to go online. I've listened to it a couple of times. It's just that good. So please listen to it and then tell him what a great guy he is, what a fashionable dude, and maybe he'll get him some points with his wife so he can get back into the house. (laughs) As we've been going through James's epistle, the reason we've entitled it Reality Check is because James is trying to connect us to the reality of who Jesus is and the life that he gives. We talked about how when you connect to God, then you are able to count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Oh, by the way, junior high, you guys are meeting, so you guys can go if you want to. You don't have to. If Steve scares you, I understand. Um, But otherwise, if you want to stick around in here, you can, or if you want to go out to the junior high group, you can. Anyway, we, we found out that if we connect to God, that then we're able to understand how we can count it all joy when we go through various trials and various things that we encounter. We, we talked how it's not enough to say we have faith, that we believe in God. If it doesn't produce something in our lives, then it's dead. It has no power behind it. And we're trying to understand that when you have faith in God, the reality of what that faith looks like shows up in the conduct of our lives. And as we talked about what we do is important, we're going to look at what we say is important this morning. And so open up to chapter 3, starting at verse 1. We'll read verses 1 through 12. Not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. We all stumble in many ways. Anyone who has nev- has, is never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. Let me read that again because I stumbled in what I said. We all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect able to keep their whole body in check. I don't know about you, but that strikes me. When we put bits into the mouth of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? 
my brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can salt spring produce fresh water. Our future is shaped by our conversation, the things that we say. Even as James says, if we can control our tongue, then we will be perfect without fault in whatever we say, keeping our whole body in check. Thank you, Adelio. The air conditioner man, he just turned on the air conditioner. And controlling what we say controls the direction and the shape of our future. I remember years ago when my kids were smaller and I was younger, I I would manage this fabrication shop that produced uh, fabrication for fire sprinklers. And so I would get these vendors that would come into the shop and they would try and sell me their pipe fittings, different accessories that we utilize. And so I had various vendors coming in and they would give me you know, their swag shirts and hats, different things to try and get me to buy from their company. And one of the vendors that came in one time, he had a big stack of firecrackers. And so the, the boy in me came up, you know, and it's like, firecrackers oh great and so i listened and bought whatever he was selling because he gave me firecrackers and then i took the firecrackers home and being a good father i shared them with my children i i i taught them how to explode various things and to create vacuums so that you could actually launch a can 50 feet in the air if you want to know how to do that let me know and so this excitement of these firecrackers, you know, is just taking over our, our household. And being the responsible dad that I am, I, I would only give my children a few at a time so that they couldn't go crazy with them. You know, <laughs> we wouldn't want that. We, so, so as I gave them these firecrackers, hey, that's what I did when I was a kid, right? responsible parenting. So as I gave them, okay, here's a couple for you, here's a couple for you, here's a couple for you, and you're hearing pop, 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 these things exploding all over the house, you know, dogs running in fear for their lives, all these things taking place. But one of my boys was very reserved. He, he, he wanted to think hard about how he was going to light his firecracker. And so the other boys are like blowing theirs off. And they're like, I need more. No, no, you got to wait. You got to wait. Well, come on. He's got to finish his. No, it's okay. Don't rush him. Don't rush him. Well, it's getting dark. And as night is falling, you know, I go outside and I see my son with, you know, the lighter. And, and he's got his firecracker there in the palm tree. And... He, he clicks on the, the little thing because I gave them, you know, those things that you click that light because, hey, I'm being responsible, right? And, and so I see him click to light the firework and all of a sudden the palm tree goes whoosh up in flames, okay? The whole tree just skyrockets and I go, ah! And, and my son who's there by the tree goes, ah! He screams and starts running to the house while the tree goes up in flames and I run and I take the hose and I put it out. No big deal. Um, (laughs) Just this little spark 
engulfs the whole tree. It was amazing to watch. It was really spectacular. And it was a memory that haunts me to this day. It's remarkable how something so small can cause something so big. I remember in 2005 when we were flying over to Wales, we were stopping in Chicago or something before we went into London, Heathrow, and there was a huge fire in Arizona that covered like 975,000 acres. And the pilot came on over the speaker and goes, yes, ladies and gentlemen, this is John Glenn, your pilot. It's the only name that came. Wow, he, he's a pilot now. He flew to the moon and now he's a pilot. And if you look out your window, you'll see the fire that's taking place in there. And I just remember looking out the window and it seemed like for 30 minutes there's just the smoke. I thought it was a cloud. And how did that fire start? It started just with a small spark. And you see... Our conversations might not seem like a big deal to us, but they are directing our entire lives. And so it's real important that we understand that our words matter, that what we say matters. And what we say is coming from who we are. Jesus said in Luke 6, 43, No good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. People do not pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. A good man brings good things out of the good stored in his heart. And an evil man brings evil out of the evil stored in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. And so James, again, the brother of Jesus, the half-brother, echoes what Jesus says. And he says, from you comes what you say. And what you say directs your life to who you will be. It will affect your relationships with your husband, your wife, your brother, sister, your co-workers, boyfriend, girlfriend, it will affect all the relationships around you. And I want to look at three conversations that we have, how our conversations, how we use this dialogue affects the life that we have. And the first is our conversation with God. We all have a dialogue with God. God is always speaking. We might not hear his voice or understand his voice, but he is always speaking. And and if you want to understand what God is saying, really all you need to do is look at Jesus. Turn with me to John's gospel, chapter one. We're going through the gospel of John on Thursdays, and we touched on this last or the first week. In John chapter one, First five verses, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, 
and the darkness has not overcome it. And so John is telling us that Jesus is the expression of God, the Word made flesh. He is the voice of God. If you want to know what is God saying, you look at Jesus. If you want to know how does God feel, look at Jesus. The things that Jesus did give us the reflection of how God thinks, of how God feels, and of what God is saying. And so as God is speaking, we understand his voice through the person of Jesus. I remember a high school student in a group that I was leading, and he was from Vietnam, and he would walk to the church by himself. His parents didn't come. And he was a junior in high school, barely spoke English, but he could converse and get by. And his name was Kwok. And I remember Kwok coming to me and I said, so where are you from? He goes, I live down the street. And I said, well, why are you here? He said, I would walk past this place. And every time I walk past this place, there is a voice that said, you need to go there. And, And so I started coming here. You see, that voice, Kwok didn't know it, but that was the voice of God telling him, hey, come, you need to come here. And the voice of God is going to be speaking to our hearts. And it's the most important conversation we need to have is this dialogue with God. If we can hear his voice, he is calling us to himself, bringing us to this relationship with him. I can remember a time in my life when I was just feeling condemned and feeling just like I, I can't I can't go to church anymore. I, I can't be a, a part. I'm a hypocrite. I'm not living the life that I know I should be living. And I can remember laying in my bed and just having this condemnation just pressing down on me like this is it. I, I can't do this life of following Christ. It's too much for me. I, I, I can't be good enough and I don't think that God loves me anymore. And I can remember the voice of God very clearly saying, I love you, Sam. And it melted me and it overwhelmed me. And this conversation with God was one that is drawing us to his love. Because God so loves you, so loves me that he sent us Jesus. And so this conversation with God is clearly seen in who Jesus is. And if you're wanting to know, well, what is God saying? Then read what Jesus said. And it gives us understanding of the heart of God. And it draws us into that dynamic relationship with him. And so that's an important conversation that is taking place. Another conversation that is taking place is a conversation that we have with ourselves. Did anyone ever talk to themselves? Be honest, okay? We all talk to ourselves. There's times I'll be driving down the car in the street, driving down the street in the car, that's what I do. And as I'm driving, I'm having a conversation. You know, I'm talking, saying, well, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I mean, they didn't leave me much choice here, I guess. I'm... And then the car will pull up next to me and look at me, and I'll just pretend I'm singing. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm just... I'm just laying out a rap here, you know. But we have these conversations, and sometimes they're out loud. 
I, I mean, our family does that all the time. All of us. All of a sudden we're talking. It's like, hello? Are you talking to me? No. And what's funny is when you hear someone and they're talking in two voices. Like, I don't know what, I don't know what I should do either. It's like, hey, I think that's scary when you start interrupting yourself, okay? <laughs> it's okay to talk, but when you interrupt, we got we to gotta sit down and figure out what's going on. But we have conversations with ourselves. We talk to ourselves. Sometimes it's out loud. Sometimes it's in, internal. And it's really important that we understand these things. There's a passage in 1 Samuel chapter 27 where David thought to himself, one of these days I will be destroyed by the hand of Saul. The best thing I can do is escape to the land of Philistines. And you see, David had a conversation with himself and he said, Saul's going to kill me. I just need to get out of here. And the next years of his life was directed and changed because of a conversation that he had with himself. See, Saul wasn't going to kill him. God was actually with him. And God was going to raise him up. But when David heard himself speak, it changed the direction of his life so that he fled to the land of the Philistines. And when he was there in this land, he wrote no psalms. It was a dry period of his life. Why? Because he had a conversation with himself and he listened to something that wasn't good for him. You see, some of you have dark conversations. Some of you, when you start talking to yourself, the, the voices you're hearing are telling you things that aren't good. They're telling you that God doesn't love you. They're telling you no one cares about you. There's no hope for you. And when you hear these conversations, they might push you to do things that are harmful, to start cutting yourself or start abusing yourself in, in drugs or in bad behavior. And it's because you're having a conversation that's detrimental. Don't listen to the dark conversation. I think this is why spoken word has connected to so many people. It's amazing. I was talking with Brian and Boy the other day about how really in our community, since we've been doing the grassroots, so many people have just ignited to this. It's struck a chord. It's given them a voice. And last Friday, a girl named Hope got up and she just shared, I no longer cut myself. And I was talking to her and I said, thank you for getting up and sharing that. And she just pointed her arm. She goes, I haven't cut myself in four months. I said, great, that's, that's wonderful. You're listening to a better voice. You're having a better conversation. Because if we don't recognize that we're having a conversation with ourselves and that we are directing our lives by the things that we listen to within our own souls, then we're fooling ourselves. And, and so this conversation that we have with ourselves is an important one. We, we need to understand and allow this conversation to now be influenced by the scriptures, to be influenced by Jesus, to, to have community like we do at Grassroots or here so that other people can influence that voice that we hear 
and how we project our lives because that conversation is shaping the direction that you're going. And so how important is that conversation? How many times have I gotten into a place of depression where my conversation is one of despair? You see, when, when you think that nobody cares, you're not living in reality. Every person who has committed suicide has left someone who loves them in pain. And they felt no love, but they weren't living in reality because their conversation was closed and was dark. And so this conversation that you have with yourself, what is it influenced by? Because a little spark can set a huge fire. A small rudder can steer the direction of that ship. Your conversation, even with yourself, will steer the direction of your life. Be careful. Who you're listening to and what those voices are saying. And then, of course, we have conversations with one another. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. Or you can read it up here. It says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. You see, James talked about a uh, fresh water can't produce, or a fresh spring can't produce, you know, salt water. And you think of fresh water quenching your thirst or the acidic wa- salt water that will actually kill you if you drink it. One provides life and nourishment, the other provides death. And our conversations with each other are doing the same thing. We can either be refreshing people or we can be destroying people. Based on the things that we say, on those conversations and how we communicate, are we building up or are we tearing down? Are we trying to encourage or are we discouraging? Are we gossiping behind people's backs and tearing them down through others? Or are we building them up? I think back in all the conversations I had with my children and and I wish I would have built them up more. I wish I would have poured more fresh water into their lives Instead of just telling them, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. Stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it. I said, stop it. (laughs) I I wish I could have poured more into them that would have refreshed their souls. And it's not like I can't now. But I just think so much of my posture when they were young was trying to control, trying to keep them from doing something bad instead of, refreshing them with all the good things that they could do, all the possibility that they have to create, to to become. And, And you see, James equates this tongue like a wild animal that can't be tamed. And what we try to do is, okay, I'm just going to 
stop it. I'm just going to stop talking bad about people. I'm going to stop listening to those things. And we think that, you know, just by this kind of self-determination, we can fix those things. And, and you can do it for a while. It's kind of like my gym membership, you know. It, it's like <laughs> I, I go for a while. And then comes the holiday. It was Labor Day. <laughs> That's a holiday, right? I mean, all of a sudden there there comes something and you stop going and you might be disciplined for a while, but you see, what we don't realize is that this conversation, these conversations are coming from within us. They're reflecting what is within us. And, and what we need to do is not just be more disciplined. What we need to do is change the environment within us. We, we need to connect to the water source that's fresh. We need to connect to the vine that produces the good fruit. We, we need to connect to God so that he can change the environment within us because we're like our own little ecosystem. We're, we're a tree that's going to produce some kind of fruit. Rick showed us a picture of a little crawdad that he took a picture of, but it was up in the you know wash somewhere. It's like... You think, oh man, I love eating crawdads and lobster, but I don't think I want to eat one that's been sitting in the wash or the sewer somewhere. You know, it's like, eh. Why? Because what it's feeding on is what it's becoming. And our own ecosystems, what we speak and the conversations that we have, it's from us. And our conversations with others, it requires us caring. You see, don't criticize anybody you don't love. Don't try and give advice to someone if you don't love them. Let love be what motivates that conversation so that it's actually caring. And have you noticed that advice or when people compliment you, it's one thing when people say, oh, that was nice. Thank you. That was nice of you to say that. Or if I compliment my wife and tell her, oh, I love you, you, you look beautiful. That's great, but it means more when it's specific. When someone says, hey, when you talked about this, it really affected this area of my life. It's like, oh, wow. I'm glad. Now I, I have a little bit more context and it has a little bit more depth or if i get a compliment from my wife you look nice very tall today <laughs> thank you for lying specificity whatever that word being specific shows care when you converse with people, have a little bit more detail to give. So that's not just so general. When you're refreshing someone, try and refresh specifically. Try and encourage them in certain areas to try and build those things up. So that that center of what's in us can produce something good. You know, 
a wild animal, let's say a dog, because I deal with dogs. When I'm dealing with a dog that's out of control, the reason that dog is out of control isn't just because dogs are predators. The reason usually the dog is out of control is because the environment it's living in is out of control. There's no boundaries in the home. The dog's being spoiled. And so the dog thinks it has the right. And and when there's no boundaries and when there's nothing in that environment that's bringing stability, then you're going to have an unstable dog. But if you change the environment, then guess what? You can take a dog that is at one time vicious and out of control and bring it to a place where the dog is now calm, under control, and actually friendly. Why? Because you changed the dog? No, you changed its environment. And what we need to do to change this conversation that we have with God or with ourselves or with others is we need to change the environment of who we are. And we need to change that by our relationship with God. We need to allow him to transform us, to renew our minds, create in us new hearts to make us new creations. We need to change the ecosystem at the roots. And, and so I'm not asking you just stop saying bad things, stop, start saying nice things. I'm asking you to check the source of your spring. I want you to check the environment of the animal your tongue lives in. Because you can't control it, but you can change its environment. I'm asking us to step back and see how these conversations that we're having actually show us the environment that we are. You see, they're telling us something. James is writing this and he says, you know, you praise God and then you curse men. He's telling you something about yourself. He's not just telling you something about your actions. He's telling you something about your character. Something is wrong with that. That's what changes and produces the better. And so we need to look and see, am I bringing cursing down on people? Am I bringing them down? Am I building them up? Is my conversation with God dynamic and alive? Or is it just, I want, give me, can you do this for me? And we're not hearing his voice. We're not seeing what he desires in the person of Jesus. Our our conversation with ourself is dark, despairing, self-focused. All these things are pointing to something that's happening in us. And to change the outward, there has to be a change inward. And so what James is calling us to is that dynamic. Who are you? What influence is God having in your life? And how is it showing up? And so let's allow these words to 
bring us to a place where we can do some self-examination and let's allow our lives to be refreshing. You know, if I'm going to cause a fire, I want it to burn for the right reasons. If I'm going to steer my life, I want to steer it the right direction. If, if this is an animal within me that's wild, I want it to be in the right environment so that whatever I do is going to produce something that is good for those around me. Let's pray. Father, it's so easy for me to read these passages and not understand what they are showing me about myself. And I want to just change a few things and think that's good. But really what needs to happen is there needs to be an examination of the core of who I am and see how the things that I am doing and even what I am saying is a reflection of who I really am. And to change what I say, I need to change the environment within me. And Lord, as you are always speaking, may the conversation with you be one of acceptance of your grace, forgiveness. May it be one of accepting the challenge to yield ourselves to you so that we can produce fresh water and quench the lives of those around us to refresh our children and our wives and our husbands and our friends and our co-workers. Lord, to steer this ship of our lives in a way that is going to produce good for other people. Lord, that the spark that we ignite would burn bright for you. And Lord, I'm so aware of my inability to control my life in so many ways. But Lord, I do have the ability to yield myself to you. I do have the ability to change this conversation and allow your voice to resonate in my soul. Change me and change my conversation that you would be evident to all those I contact. I thank you again for the mirror of your words and how they show us who we really are. May we see clearly and may we make the appropriate changes so that we leave and we know we've made a difference. Thank you for this time, Lord. Be honored in our words, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.